You're listening to Big Trouble in Little Vagina. This is Renegade Talk Radio. Renegade Talk Radio. Hello, my Renegade Nation, my little heathens. How are you today? And welcome back for another installment of Big Trouble in Little Vagina, the talk that makes your body rock. Our program, as always, is dedicated to helping you find that most important, most elusive, and most precious of all things, the perfect orgasm. And I want to start today by apologizing for once again being late. Today, I am a a little bit under the weather, as you can tell from my voice. Um, So I had to drink about 90 million cups of hot tea before I actually had a voice to talk. So I'm a little bit under the weather, but I do have a great episode for you today. So bear with me. But before we do get jumping into everything, I do want to remind all the little listeners out there that if you're searching for some naughtiness on the internet, make sure you visit our sponsor, Adam and Eve Toys, because when you're in the market for that adult toy, or if you just need a little bit of help getting that perfect toy, then Adam and Eve Toys is your destination. I promise you this. And by being a renegade listener, they're going to give you a very, very great deal. Use special code BABE69, that's B-A-B-E-69. They're going to give you 50% off of one item. And that's not all. No, they're going to throw in free shipping, three choice adult movies, and a very, very special Renegade-only listener gift. And I promise you this, after today's episode, you are totally going to want to visit Adam and Eve Toys because I've got a great show for you today. I'm hoping that you're going to love it. Also, don't forget that the Renegade Talk Radio Network is growing every Every single day. We've got a brand new website that is so amazing. It's so much easier to find everything. Everything is bookmarked. It's an amazing, amazing website. You will love it. Um, and make sure that you have it bookmarked because you want to check out all the shows that we have on the website. We, of course, have Cannabis Talk with Patty Cakes, Queen of the Cannabis, Political Insight from Lou Cola Giovanni, Deep Insight into Conspiracies with Everly Isby entrepreneurship and business with Heather Havenwood. And as always, we've got hilarity and hijinks with Richie and our very own Sammy the Sausage Man. And you can also check out my other show, The World in My Eyes, where all the voices in my head get to take over and I talk about the crazy stuff that makes me cringe and laugh. And don't forget, there's always more great talk radio on its way to you. So make sure that you've got that that website bookmarked and you're checking back daily because you definitely do not want to miss what's coming up. And in case you've forgotten, or in case you're new, I am still the naughty mistress with the mostest, the melodic goddess of getting it on, and the deviant diva, Naughty Nicole Delacroix. And the only thing that I ever ask of you, my dear sweet little heathens, is that you keep an open mind, put aside what you think you know, sit back and relax, and we're going to run down the crazy road of life together. Don't ever forget... Orgasms are nature's way of saying, life sucks ass, but here's a little candy. And on today's episode of Big Trouble in Little Vagina, we're going to be talking about something that's very near and dear to my own little black heart. That's right, erotica. I know, I know, reading is so yesterday and passe, but every now and then you really can find true happiness in the bookstore. And today, 
we're going to be focusing on that for just a little bit. And today's show is going to be a little bit shorter than normal, mostly because, you know, I sound like a frog. But you know why it's so important that we focus on writing? Well, I'm going to tell you why. I mean, first of all, I'm a writer, so duh. But because long before there was movies and television, there was the written word. It was here long ago, and it will be here long after we're gone. Novels have often controversially transcribed both subtle and graphic sexual acts in all their amusing, erotic, and even sometimes disturbing forms. Now, this doesn't hold true just in contemporary novels, where authors are blazing trails and breaking taboos, during all those times in history when candid conversations about sex, let alone detailed stories about them, were critically shunned or downright banned. Since magazines like Hustler and Allen Ginsberg's poetry collection of Howl challenged the laws on what is obscene and what is art, a whole new world has opened up to mainstream literature. Although some authors always wrote erotic novels, now the average person is no longer afraid to indulge in the more juicy and unusually unexplored aspects of the human relationship with their reading material. Of course, the anonymity of the e-reader has undoubtedly helped the erotic genre grow to become a dominant player in the world of literature, but the truth is, erotica has always been, and will always be, a legitimate art form. And, as you're about to learn, it has a rich tapestry of history that is oh so interesting. So let's start with the classics. And I know you're thinking, huh, what are we going to go back to the 20s? No, my friends, uh-uh, no. Classic erotica comes all the way from the ancient world, including the Roman satiricon of Petronius Albertur, which was later made into a film by the great filmmaker Frederick Fellini. From the medieval period, we have the Decameron, which was written in 1353 by the Italian Giovanni Boccaccio, and was made into a film by Pasolini. What is it with the Italians? They seem to like their sex stuff. Hmm, maybe I need to find me an Italian man. And it does feature tales of lechery by monks and the seduction of nuns from their convents. Now that book, The Decameron, was banned in oh so many countries. In even five centuries after its publication, copies were being seized and destroyed by the authorities in the United States and the United Kingdom. For instance, between 1954 and 1958, there were eight separate orders for destruction of the book that were made by the English magistrates. Can you imagine that? You wrote a book way back in the 1300s, and almost 500 years later, people are still having a problem with what you wrote. Now, that's what I call good writing. From the 15th century, we have another classic of Italian erotica, and it's a series of body folk tales called The Facette by Gian Francesco Poggio Bracaloni, or, as it's known, The Tale of Two Lovers, which was written in 1444, was one of the best-selling books of the 15th century. You see, I'm not even kidding. Erotica has always been mainstream. 
The 16th century, however, was notable for the Heptameron that was written by a woman, Marguerite de Navarre, in 1558. And she was inspired by Boccaccio's Decameron and the, the notorious I Modi, which married erotic drawings depicting postures assumed in sexual intercourse by the great Giolui Romano and included some obscene sonnets by Pietro Aretino. Now, a unique work of this time is Sodom, or The Quintessence of Debauchery, that was written in 1684. And that was a closet play by the notorious Restoration Rake, John Wilmot, the second Earl of Rochester, in which Biloxian, King of Sodom, authorizes that buggery, or as we know it, sodomy, may be used o'er the land, so cunt be not abused. <laughs> Which order, though appealing to soldiery, has deleterious effects generally, leading the court physician to counsel that you should fuck women. And I agree, you should fuck women. But, you know, it's okay if you want to have the other as well. The rise of the novel in, the, in 18th century England provided a new medium for erotica. One of the most famous in this new genre was Fanny Hill, written in 1748 by John Cleland. This book set a new standard in literary smut and was often adapted for the cine, cinema in the 20th century. Meanwhile, French writers kept their stride. One genre was inspired by the newly translated Arabian Nights and involved the transformation of people into objects which were in, well, employed in sexual relationships, such as sofas, dildos, and even bidets. The climax of this trend is represented in French philosopher Diderot's Les Bijoux Indiscrets in 1747, in which a magic ring is employed to get women's vaginas to give an account of their intimate sexual histories. Take that, Harry Potter. In the late 18th century, such works as Justine or The Misfortunes of Virtue and 120 Days of Sodom by the Marquis de Sade were examplars of the theme of sadomasochism and influenced later erotic accounts of sadism and masochism in, in fiction. De Sade actually lent his name to the sexual act in which he describes in his work. If you ever wondered where we got the word sadism, it is directly from the Marquis de Sade. Now, in the Victorian period, the quality of erotic fiction was, well, below, below par. It was writ largely written by a bunch of hacks. Some works, however, borrowed from established literary models, such as Dickens. It also featured a curious form of social stratification. Even in the throes of orgasm, the social distinctions between master and servant, and pun totally intended there, including form of address, were scrupul scrupulously observed. Significant elements of sadomasochism were present in some examples, perhaps reflecting the influence of the English public school, where flagellation, or spanking, was routinely used as a punishment. These clandestine works were often anonymous or written under a pseudonym, and sometimes even undated. Thus, definitive information about them proves elusive. Now, towards the end of the 19th century, though, a more cultured form of erotica began to appear, led by one poet, Algernon Charles Swinburne, 
I like that name, Algernon. Seriously, it's awesome. And he pursued themes of paganism, lesbianism, and sadomasochism in such works as Lesbia Brandon, and in contributions to the Whippingham Papers. Seriously, who doesn't love that name? That's so fucking awesome. Which was edited by St. George Stock, the author of The The Romance of Chastisement. Now, 20th century erotic fiction, well, it's got a lot of classics of its own. Suburban Souls, The Confession of Nemesis Hunt, um, Josephine Motzbrocker, and Felix Salton were very, very interesting. Satopedia by Anonymous, but believed to be written by my friend Algernon. Le Memories de Jeune de Juan, Don Juan. Who doesn't know about the memories of Don Juan, right? And then, of course, The Way of a Man with a Maid, and A Weekend Visit, or Pleasure Bound Afloat, Pleasure Bound Ashore, and Maudie, all written by Anonymous, but believed to be written by George Reginald Bacchus. And My Lustful Adventures, back in 1911. Wait a minute, I didn't have Lustful Adventures back in 1911. Oh, that's the name of the book. My, my sympathy, so sorry. And that was by the pseudonymous Ramrod. Seriously, who doesn't want to have a book by a guy named Ramrod, right? Manuel de Civilty pour les petites filles la luchon de maison de education. Yeah, that's a lot of French words, but it's a lot of sex, too. <laughs> and, of course, we have The Story of the Eye back in 1928, which was, by the way, really disturbing when I read it. Then, bringing us round the bend up to 1934... Tropic of Cancer and Tropic of Can- of Capricorn by the great Henry Miller. And you thought he just wrote The Crucible. One of my favorite books, The Story of O, was written in, in 1954 by Pauline Rigier. Then, of course, we've got Ada and Adore by the great Vladimir Nabokov. Journal and The Delta of Venus from 1978. And The Little Birds from 1979 by Anise Nin. And... The Bicycle Rider by Guy Davenport in 1985. Now, Nabokov's Lolita is often described as an erotic novel, but most critics view it more as a literary drama with elements of eroticism. Both Lolita and The Story of O were published by Olympia Press, a Paris-based publisher, and launched in 1953 by Maurice Giridaz as a rebadged version of the old Obelisk Press that he inherited from his father. It published a mix of erotic fiction and avant-garde literary works. The Girls of Radcliffe Hall is a Roman Aklef novel in the form of a lesbian girl's school story written in the 1930s by a British composer and bon vivant Gerald Berners, the 14th Lord of Berners, under a pseudonym. And it's kind of sad. Most erotic novels are written under pseudonyms because, well, it just kind of seems that society won't accept the fact that people like to write erotica and people like to read it. But for some reason, it's not very good to talk about it. But that brings us to the present, where erotica is more accepted and more mainstream. And I'm not going to insult your intelligence, my heathens, by saying that it had anything at all to do with Fifty Shades of Grey. The truth is, erotica has been forefront for a really long time, and the only thing that Fifty Shades of Grey ever did was to make it acceptable for the Johnny-come-lately suburban soccer moms to read that shit in public. Some of us, 
Don't give a fuck about that. We've always read erotica. All right, my dear listeners, we're just getting started with today's topic. And before we get too far into it, we do need to take a moment and visit with our sponsors. Maybe check out a little bit of music. You're listening to Big Trouble in Little Vagina. I'm still Naughty Nicole, even though I sound like a frog. And this is still Renegade Talk Radio. So meet me back here after the break, my little heathens. Fellas, are you looking to spice things up in the bedroom? Been fantasizing about surprising your lover with an adventurous new toy or adult movie? Well, here's an offer you won't be able to resist. Go to adamandeve.com, and for a limited time only, you'll get 50% off just about any item. But that's not all. Oh, no. When you select your one item at 50% off, you'll also receive three free adult DVDs for a little inspiration. Plus, a free extra gift so sensual, we can't mention it on the radio. And to top it all off, we'll even throw in free shipping on your entire order. And no, we're not teasing. So check out adamandeve.com today for this special offer. Get 50% off one item when you type BABE69 for the offer code upon checkout. When you do, you'll get three free DVDs, a free extra gift, and free shipping. Just use offer code BABE69 at adamandeve.com. Hello, Renegade Nation. It's Naughty Nicole here from Big Trouble in Little Vagina. That's right. Just wanted to remind you that we finally worked out all the details. And unless there's an unexpected schedule conflict, that's right, boys and girls. September 30th is the show you want to be tuned in Oh, and turned on for. That's right, we have a very special interview with a very special and very, very talented individual. An interview with last year's winner of Best Male Performer from Night Moves and star of The Madam from Wicked Pictures and Hard Love from Holly Randall Production. That's right, the one, the only, and the very, very sexy Ryan Driller. Just thinking about getting a turn at that man's sexiest organ? His brain, you naughty, naughty. But I'm very excited, and I hope you are as well. So make sure you have the Renegade Talk Radio Network website bookmarked, because this is one episode you do not want to miss. See you on the 30th. And welcome back, Renegade Nation. As you can tell, I have gotten myself another cup of tea. And I hope everybody was listening to Madonna's erotic, erotic. Okay, never mind. I'm not going to sing because I sound like crap anyways. But welcome back, Renegade Nation. If you're just tuning in, this is Big Trouble in Little Vagina. And I'm still froggy naughty Nicole. And today we're talking about the wide world of erotica. And I hope that during the break, you took some time to check out the wide selection of adult toys, movies, and guess what? Erotica over on Adam and Eve Toys. That's right. Now, as a writer myself, I would be remiss if I didn't offer my lovely little listeners a selection of the best of the best. That's right, the proverbial cream of the crop. And sexuality can be a little daunting for both writers and readers alike. 
But for my selection, the authors that I'm about to list all became known for some of the most frank and graphic depictions of sex and sexual themes in literature. Don't expect to see love-starved heroines and cliché bosom-heaving and ripping bodices, because most of my selection is a no-holds-barred-and-go-all-the-way shocking book. Most of these authors likely knew that their works would be would be at the very least met with disapproval and shunned by the literary community at large. But guess what? They wrote them anyway. And thank goodness that they did. Because these erotic novels have proven to be some of the most popular and game-changing in literary history. And the first on my list, Blue is the Warmest Color by Julie Moreau. It's a graphic novel, and it deserves a spot on my list for its explicit depictions of love and sex between two women who have fallen deeply in love with each other. Written by Julie and published in 2010, the story follows Clementine, a young student, and Emma, an older woman with dyed blue hair. The two women eventually fall in love and start a sexual relationship that is literally, graphically, depicted in the novel. In 2013, however, the book was adapted into a critically acclaimed film that garnered much more appreciation than it did any of the controversy. Next on my list is Candy by Terry Southern. Terry Southern, a writer who who worked on such films as Dr. Strangelove and Easy Rider, wrote and published this novel with collaborator Mason Hoffenberg in 1958. Candy is a young girl who, in trying to help others, becomes sexually involved with men who wish only to possess and dominate her. Featuring sexual scenes of an illegal nature, the novel is quite controversial even by today's standards. Now, Playboy magazine listed the novel as one of the 25 sexiest books ever written, and it was adapted into an adult film in 1978. So if you're kind of like me and you're long for the times when adult films had the Afro bush, you might want to check that out. Now, we've mentioned this one before, but we'll mention it again because it bears repeating. Tropic of Cancer by Henry Miller. When Henry Miller finally managed to have Tropic of Cancer published in 1932, it was banned in America. That's right, we banned it. With a first-person narrative that seemed more like memoir than fiction, his descriptions of life in down-and-out Paris were extraordinarily realistic. In the book, Miller cursed avidly and often, criticized people of different races, and depicted women in acts considered to be lewd and outrageous at the time. Miller left nothing to the imagination when it, comes, when it came to the sex, but this piece of literature is far from a romance novel. <laughs> no. The more risque scenes were part of an overall artistic vision that didn't necessitate titillating the reader. The novel became famous in the more liberal Paris, where it was allowed to be bought and sold in bookstores. When, the ban- when its ban was finally lifted in America, though, that was 1960s, it became a staple of most bookstores. And I promise you this, get a copy today. You'll enjoy it. Next up, we have The Delta of Venus by Anis Nin. Spanish-Cuban, French-born Anis Nin moved to Paris in 1924 with her husband, Hugh Parker Goyer. 
There, she was influenced by both French and expatriate American writers and wrote furiously in her private diary that became a main source of ideas for many of her books. She also met writer Henry Miller and his then-wife, June, and according to books written by both Miller and Nin, and in many cases their private letters, Nin was involved in a spicy love triangle between Miller and June. In Delta of Venus, published posthumously in 1977, Nin explores many taboo sexual themes, including voyeurism. Her collection of 15 stories was commissioned by a collector who wanted the stories for his private consumption. Like most of Nin's work, Delta of Venus focused on the exploration of women. That's right, 15 little stories that are all good. Next on my list, the autobiography of a flea. Now, unfortunately, we don't know who actually wrote this. We have an idea, but it's listed as anonymous. It is an anonymous erotic novel that was first published in 1887 in London by Edward Avery. Later research has revealed that the author may have been a London lawyer of the time named Stanislas de Rhodes. The story itself is narrated by a flea who tells the tale of a beautiful young girl that's named Bella, whose burgeoning sexuality is taken advantage of by her young lover Charlie, the local priest, Father Ambrose, two of his colleagues in the Holy Order, and even her own uncle. Bella is then employed to procure her best friend, Julia, for the sexual enjoyment of both the priests and her own father. And the book was adapted into a 1976 pornographic film. Again, if you long for the days of the Afro bush, check out the film. It's interesting. One of my favorite books, and hopefully one of yours, is our next entry, The Story of O by Pauline Rige. Published in 1954, The Story of O is a novel written by French author Pauline Rige that explores themes of dominance and submission. The title character, only known as O, is a woman brought to an elite club for training and body modification relating to dominance. Among them is a brand on her buttocks and a tag of ownership in the form of a piercing. O, under the influence of her owner, Sir Stephen, convinces a fashion model to join her just to see what it's like. The model is eventually enslaved as well. At the very end of the novel, O is abandoned by Sir Stephen and requests permission to die, which is granted. The novel was written originally as a series of love letters from the author to her lover who admired the works of Marquis de Sade. Due to the graphic nature of the book and the period in which it was published, Rieg was a pen name used by its actual author, Anne Disclos. Which brings us to my next one. Lolita by Vladimir Nabokov. Lolita was published in 1955 in Paris and 1928 in New York by Russian-American author Vladimir Nabokov. It shocked the literary community and the world at large, not for its depiction of eroticism, but rather for its open discussion of one man's sexual attraction to a much younger girl. Humbert Humbert, a scholar, moves into a boarding house for the summer. It's there that he meets the daughter of the proprietor, Dolores, and he soon becomes infatuated with Dolores and makes several attempts to seduce her. At one point, 
he takes her to a hotel and gives her sleeping pills, with, well, inappropriate intentions. The book came under heavy fire from critics and readers alike for its first-person description of one man's perversion. Despite its controversy, the novel is considered today to be one of the finest ever written in the 20th century, coming fourth in a list compiled by the Modern Library of the Greatest English Language Novels, and by the way, has been made into several feature films. And number one on my list, well, has to be 120 Days of Sodom by the Marquis de Sade himself. Written on a 12-meter-long piece of paper by the imprisoned French nobleman Marquis de Sade, 120 Days of Sodom consistently ranks as one of the most influential, widely-read erotic novels. It was written in 1785, telling the story of four rich noblemen who decide to experience the ultimate gratification in a series of orgies and very disturbing sex acts. The men lock themselves in a castle with 46 of their victims, most of who are young men and women. There, the sexual acts increase in perversion and violence until finally the 46 victims are slaughtered for the pleasure of the men. The novel was adapted into a film in 1975 that was, of course, controversial in its own rights. Both the novel and the film although controversial, have been hailed as great works. And if you're interested in Marquis de Sade, may I suggest watching the movie Quills, because it actually depicts how the Marquis de Sade actually wrote 120 Days of Sodom. And it is disturbing in its own right, I'm not going to lie, but it is an incredibly well-acted show, and you'll enjoy it. There you have it, my little heathens, a list that's going to keep you warm all winter long. Now, before I go, I want to remind you that if you're anywhere near Richmond, Virginia, or if maybe you're just looking for something to get into this fall, and maybe you're interested in something off the beaten path, and maybe not related to the leaves changing colors, because who gives a crap about that, well then, hold on to your hats, Renegade Nation, because... The 2016 Air Sex Championship National Tour is making a return trip to Richmond's Strange Matter on Grace Street on Friday, October the 21st. The show, which organizers are calling SPART, which, by the way, has to be the most hilarious name I've ever heard. It's a combination of sports and art. It has participants competing to have sex with imaginary partners. That's right air sex, just like air guitar. <laughs> and they're judged by comedian Chris True and a misfit panels of comedians, porn stars, pro wrestlers, and other local celebrities. The doors open at 9 p.m. The show starts at 10. Tickets are only 10 bucks. So make sure that you get your tickets in advance. It's going to be a great show. <laughs> With that, we've come to the end of another episode. And I hope that you've enjoyed today's ride and forgive me for my frogginess. Maybe you learned a little something or maybe you just liked the ride. And, of course, as always, if you did or even if you didn't, don't hesitate to let me know. I absolutely would love to hear from you. You can still find me at my website, www.nicole-delacroix.com or even on Twitter at, at Nicole Delacroix. 
If you're enjoying this series, then make sure you pick up a copy of my book, Sexual Confessional Confidential Admissions from Social Media. It's available on Amazon.com and all other major booksellers. That's our time for today, and I want to thank you for joining me here on Big Trouble in Little Vagina on Renegade Talk Radio. And don't forget to join me next time so we can get down and dirty. Until then, remember, in the immortal words of E.B. White, if the world were merely seductive, that would be easy. If it were merely challenging, that would be no problem. But I arise in the morning torn between a desire to improve the world and a desire to just enjoy it. And it makes it hard to plan the day. <laughs> I've got a hell of a day ahead of me, so see you next time, my precious little heathens. We don't sugarcoat shit. This is Renegade Talk Radio. Renegade Talk Radio.